Hi, this is Richard Lanford, the red-headed preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. This service is for March 29th, the fifth Sunday in Lent, and it's our second COVID-99 service that's going to be broadcast on YouTube. However, this red-headed preacher podcast is, unlike last week, not going to be the whole service. It will have the scriptures, the musical meditation, and the homily slash sermon, and that's all. We'll, uh, the, our lector today is Ben Westfall, who is also our music director, and here we go. I'm not a whole lot for three-point sermons uh, or sermon titles in this case, but when I think they'll help someone remember what the message was about, I do use them. At the top of our list today and at the top of lots of our thinking these weeks is the virus, the virus that is pressuring New York City hospitals capacity and in Skokie as of a few days ago there were 51 diagnosed cases and I have no doubt unfortunately that you and I will mark Palm Sunday next Sunday like we are today. I have little doubt that we'll be observing Holy Week and celebrating the resurrection of Christ like this too. At least we have this, don't we? And the podcast. We give thanks for the blessings we do have, and the blessings of technology in this case. As my classmate Bruce Gillette sign on his seminary dorm door said, Hallelujah anyhow. Well, we are probably not shouting that from the rooftops, however. The virus has intimidated us, made us stay away from each other and most of the public, including workplaces for lots of us, costs folks money and brought about an immeasurable amount of stress to our healthcare workers at every level and many other places. At least one of our members lost a greatly valued friend to COVID-19, and it's for good reason that many who hear me this morning are truly scared, whether they admit it to anyone else or not. Scared of catching the virus. Scared of needing a respirator they can't get. Scared of being a carrier who passes it on without knowing it. Scared of its impact on our society and our planet. Scared of a lot. My favorite verse in scripture is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can quote that as much as I want, but this is not about me or any of us as individuals being strengthened. That's why we get to be heartened by the stories of all the volunteers responding to appeals for help to come back out of retirement, such as many skilled medical and military professionals have been doing, and student, religious, and civic organizations finding ways to help in concrete ways, even if they cannot assemble as a group physically, because it's not just about our own safety and that of our loved ones. It's not just about one person being able to do all things through him who strengthens them but it's all of us 
rising up to the best of our ability. But the virus is our context for that right now. For all of the great, substantial, and uplifting stories of sharing and meeting the needs of others, it is also still our context of isolation, desperation, grief, fatigue, and the whole unprecedentedness of it all. A colleague of mine said of this unforeseen unpredictability and trying to manage anything during that, quote, we are drinking from the fire hose, living into many new realities. Being isolated, scared, depressed, perplexed, and anxious reminds me a bit of the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel 37. We know that they represent the Israelites from Judea, the southern kingdom of God's people, who were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar and taken into exile in Babylon. They felt utterly abandoned by the Lord and wondered what would ever become of them. Would they fade into the prevailing culture and disappear as Israelites, the people whom God promised would bless the world? And send them Messiah? Would they become like the northern kingdom, vanquished over a century before uh, by Assyria, and fade into oblivion without national identity? And to be off the land, the promised land, was to torture to them spiritually. As Native Americans have a deep relationship with Mother Earth, So, in a unique way, did Israel bond with the land on which they lived, the land of God's ancient promise to Abraham. In fact, Walter Brueggemann wrote a book called The Land, and it's about the depth and understanding of Israel's connection with the land on which they lived. And we heard how they felt. God told Ezekiel, they say, our bones are dried up, And our hope is lost. And we are cut off completely. That was not only individuals expressing their situation. It was a people. A nation in such distress, feeling hopeless, and believing they were clean cut off on their own, having to sing the Lord's song if they sang it at all in a hostile and strange land. Oh, virus, this is the vision at one point. The valley was full of dry bones. They were very many. They were very dry and in a great valley. What happened to this desolate, isolated, and nervous people? The Spirit and the Word of God happened with a prophet's cooperation God did not leave God's people like this. At God's command, Ezekiel prophesied, and all those bummed out and separated bones came together. Bone to its bone. And then came the ligaments and the muscles and the flesh, but no breath yet. Ezekiel again did as he was told, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. 
I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Take in that image. What a change in the vision. The weary, broken down, weakened people were touched by the healing, rebuilding, recreating spirit of God. And God's word was involved. God's speech was involved. God's spirit, as I mentioned, and a servant of God was involved. A promise to bring Israel back whole and restored was made as God promised he would take them out of their graves. They would be a new Israel, a new people of God by God's plan and power. And you know what? That happened. This is what happened. Cyrus of Persia defeated the Babylonians, and King Darius let the Israelites return to rebuild Jerusalem. And they did. Israel was never the same. Much later, much, much later, in 1948, Israel became a geographical and independent country again. The vision of the Valley of Dry Bones is a vision first of pain, grief, and decades entrenched anxiety and uncertainty. It's a vision of this people being restored, rejuvenated, and even changed by the word, spirit, and will of God. It took time, but those dry bones did not remain as they were. They were enabled to come together, stand up, breathe, and move on. They moved on to life where they belong, by the grace and the might of God. Are we squeezed, pruned, and forced into living new patterns of overwork or isolation and distress thanks to the virus, in a valley like that. Is our God the same as that God? Did our God lose the ability to create a new people out of a valley of disjointed skeletons? Hundreds of years later, God's word and spirit came again to a situation of brokenness, sadness, Loss and unwelcome change. They came together in the person of Jesus. This Jesus shows up too late, it seems, in Bethany, where his close friend Lazarus had died four days prior. For those of us who, because of the virus, have suffered the loss of someone important to you, we too are in that moment of sadness, vulnerability, and very unwelcome change. Jesus had been preaching and miracle working and teaching disciples for some time now. And, you know, in John, he said some pretty cryptic and odd sounding things from time to time. Hindsight clarified. 
Let me tell you a brief little story. Years ago, when our youth fellowship held a fundraiser by selling Christian message t-shirts, I think, well, I know that Elliot Kerbell, I think Ben Reese, and I all happen to have bought the same one, this one. In the front, which would be over the left breast, it says, Real Fear. On the back, there's this coffin. And the words say, Think Outside the Box. And then below it, it says, John 5:24. If you don't know that verse by heart, It's one of those kind of cryptic verses Jesus says. Very truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And does not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. I mention that to give some background into where we're going with Jesus right now with Jesus speaking the word and the silent spirit at the tomb yard. Lazarus has been cut off completely. Mary and Martha are bereft, but hopeful in their friend Jesus. In talking with Martha about her brother, she said she believed Lazarus will rise again at the last day. And Jesus replies with one of his most lovely and powerful verses in Scripture, I am the resurrection and the life. He continued, those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. This is important. Jesus is telling us that the resurrection is not only a future end of days event. The resurrection was in front of Martha in the person of Jesus. He is the resurrection and the life. He is saying that instead of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus having to wait until some distant, undefined last day for a general resurrection, the first and real resurrection takes place in and through himself. As persons living on earth hear him and give themselves to him in trustful and loving obedience. John Marsh wrote in a fine commentary, quote, Instead of the transition point being at the moment of the end, it is now at the point where a loving, trustful relationship is established between Jesus Christ and his disciple. Jesus constitutes both the source and the substance of eternal life. The believer never really dies, never escapes from the one life that is life indeed, which is to know God and the Son whom he has sent into the world. End quote. The resurrection, eternal life, does not begin when we die. 
It begins when we hear the word, when we believe in love and start following the love of God made flesh, Jesus. That's where the Spirit comes in, I think, awakening faith and love. Eternal life starts when Christ starts to live within us by our invitation. So Jesus could say, before this Bethany visit, very truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes in me, believes in him who sent me, has eternal life and does not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. We are never the same. Lazarus came to life when he heard Jesus say very loudly, Lazarus! Come out! He was dead, but he heard and awoke and came out, difficult as that was in the ceremonial linens of the Jewish funeral. He responded to the word, but not for the first time. John Marsh said this act is a fulfillment of that verse in John 5. He called the raising of Lazarus by virtue of him hearing the word of Jesus in the tomb, the miracle within a miracle. He says, Lazarus obeys the command, come out, while he is still a dead man. Yet dead though he be, he has heard the voice of the Son of God and so already lives that life, which is life indeed. Dead Lazarus had already entered eternal life by faith, we presume. And so he heard the word, the word of the Son of God, then and then also in his tomb, calling him out. Now Lazarus did die again physically. We all do. But we don't have, again, part of it. But if we have heard the word and believe God sent Jesus, If there's loving and trustful obedience, eternal life has already come into us, regardless of COVID-19. We are never the same, as Israel was not the same. And maybe this people, this world, this country, or the church, capital C, will never be the same after this in a resurrection life way. Perhaps in our virus time of deaths, distancing, and feeling like we're drinking from the fire hose, it's good to reaffirm this faith, an Easter faith, two weeks before April 12th. We are not hopeless. We are not alone. We do have a source of peace that passes human understanding. We do have the love to help those who need various types of respite, delivery, healing, and assistance. We do have a life guided by the resurrecting God who knits together dry bones, breathes life into them, sends them back wounded but healed to life as a new people of God. We have the virus. We have the hopeful vision. And in faith we hear and are raised up by the voice of Jesus as individuals and a people. 
You meet the virus as a raised, new, eternal life living people of God. Amen. And that does it for this March 29th podcast from the Redheaded Preacher. We hope that all of you and yours are staying healthy and safe. And it's not during the internet, it's, it's, um, it's not really social distancing, it is physical distancing. And we hope that all of you are keeping the necessary uh, social and physical distancing that you need through this time. But really, it's, it's physical distancing because we have a lot of different ways to socialize. God bless your week and all of you. Thanks again for listening. And we hope that you'll tune in next Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. Bye.